0: All right. We are back here on our summer pop culture kickoff special here. on the just in the suffering podcast talking summer movies with our favorite resident movie critic, our sports zone. John Stanko is here. John, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Mike
1: Phillips. You caught me on a day off from work, so I'm in a great mood. And uh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. And since you are the movie guy, I do want to get your takes a couple of things that happened the last time we talked before we did our Oscars preview. So number one, Oscars chaos. I'm sure you got to take. Uh, the Oscars chaos can the Os I mean, the Academy has to be ecstatic, right? Sure, right. they
1: lost Will Smith for ten years, but this is the most anyone's talked about the Oscars in two decades. It's crazy. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it was monumental thing to watch. You didn't believe it when it happened on the screen. I don't believe for a second that it was staged. People who thought that I think are kind of cynical. But um, I mean, listen, my biggest thing was Twitter is usually a cesspool where everyone's complaining. This was a moment in culture and in social media where Twitter was perfect. And there's only very finite moments where that's possible where you know something special when all of Twitter is a buzz and it's the only thing people can talk about. And that's exactly what the moment was with Will Smith and Chris Rock. So it was absolutely bonkers. Absolutely yeah. bonkers.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I've, I've been keeping track of stuff throughout the year because I've been doing a running list of stuff for pop culture party four at the end of the year with us with us and sam DeRose rose that was going to be on the episode here talk about stranger things like that made the list i'm like okay this Oscar going on for the first time ever that might be number
1: one like <laughs> what other pop culture thing this year has happened that has topped that moment you have arguably the biggest movie star in the world that's universally beloved winning his first academy award and he does something so asinine that his reputation may forever be damaged a mere hour before he's going to be getting a standing ovation
0: crazy yeah Literal insanity. Like, I literally, and I'm sure they probably got insane ratings for that last hour. And while I was waiting to see if he won and gave the speech.
1: Yeah, it was, there was a literal spike in the jump. If you look at the graphs, like the, the ratings go up. And imagine if they have to have Chris Rock host next year. Yes. They have to. If they don't, it's a failure. Give him a blank check, be like, Chris, here you go, host it. It'll automatically, I would say, at least raise the viewership by 33% from this
0: year just by having Chris Rock host. Yeah, I agree with that. And I felt bad for like some of the other people there and some of the other movie nominees. I mean, like everybody think forgets the shock that Coda won best picture, but like no one ever forget the Will Smith incident.
1: No, no one ever. I really, I really feel bad for Questlove. I mean, he won for best documentary and nobody gave a flying crap what he had to say after the whole entire moment, Chris Rock powered through the nominations, obviously flustered. And I I feel most bad for Questlove um, because an absolute, I mean, he got, he got robbed. He got robbed of the spotlight that he deserved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And number two, the other big thing is I know that like you've seen the Batman, which has been probably the biggest movie of the year thus far in terms of buzz. So what do you think? What was your takeaway from the movie? I thoroughly enjoyed the Batman, Mike Phillips. Um, I think this was
1: a comic book movie that was not a carbon copy of things that were made for the past decade. You know, I'm a little bit cynical on Marvel, um, but this movie was made to be a cinematic experience, not a comic book experience the way it was shot, the way it was uh, acted, the dark griminess of Gotham. This was a pure Batman movie it's taken directly from the comic books. It was not glossy like the Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, it was not shiny. This was grimy and
0: gritty. Um, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I loved it too. When I watched it here, cause for one thing, we, never ever ever in a movie see batman actually be a detective like he is in the comics it's fun to see that take for three hours it's phenomenal
1: it's phenomenal and i just again it was a more realistic grounded approach to a superhero i like that we got almost no time with bruce wayne we focused strictly on the batman it's the most batman quote unquote movie of any batman movie that's been put out because you spend almost all the time with the Cape crusader with the mask
0: yeah, absolutely. I did love that. The acting was great throughout. I'm excited to see what directions they go with the sequel here. So you know it's coming. I think they announced it already. And I yeah, hope I they they're three. hope they don't go I hope they learn from this and continue like sort of this model and don't go for the flashy, bangy, like I I flip kicky. I mean, they had enough fun stuff there, but like the chase with the Batmobile was fantastic. But like exactly. Yeah, I mean,
1: I talked to somebody a couple weeks ago, and they said the, they said they didn't like the movie, and they said the chase was the worst part of the movie. And I almost strangled the person on the couch because that's just an absurd take. I was, the, for me, the best part of the movie was the introduction of the Batmobile. Yeah. That was Matt Reeves and cinematographer Greg Frazier just having fun because they made the Batmobile feel like a pit bull that's been caged in a dog pen and want to just be unleashed and chased after a bone. That's what it felt like watching the Batmobile be unveiled. And it was so, so, so good. And so I really hope you're right. They continue with this practical approach, the detective approach
0: for the upcoming two sequels. Yeah, I'm excited to see where they go with this. And let's get into some of the general thoughts on this summer movie slate here. Because I was looking up the list before I sent the rundown over you about movies. I was like, to me, this feels kind of underwhelming. I don't think there's a lot here. Do you feel the same way? I would agree. There is, I would say, a
1: lot of high profile, but then there's not a lot of in the middle. It's very, very top tier, but then there's a lot of things that people aren't going to care about at all. And in the middle is where it's lacking. There's nothing that's kind of just going to generate my excitement on a, on a minuscule level. Uh, you got the, the massive IP, but then you got some original ideas. But in the middle, there's not a lot of uh, wiggle
0: room. Yeah. Cause like I was looking at the list, and I'm struggling, like, is this all I really have? I have like maybe eight movies total I want to talk about in this, this category. And like, there were, there were some that you put on the list, Mike. I'm going to be honest,
1: I don't give a flying shit about. There was one I literally wrote down for a comment. I don't care. I'll let you guess which one that is.
0: Yeah, I'm guessing, I'm
1: guessing it involved the minions. You would be absolutely correct. I do not <laughs> give a flying crap about the minions movie. It'll make a ton of money. I'm happy for the families that will go and see it. But I stopped after Despicable Me Too. I'm done. I'm happy. Go let those yellow things be happy. I just I don't care.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I actually went to the movie recently. I saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I see a bunch of these trailers. So I have some takes on some of these movies too. So I'm right there with you, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: but that's that's another thing though with this summer. I have written down Marvel's coming back. You had, you had Spider-Man, which was a big success. You had the Multiverse of Madness, which I think moderate success. I don't think everyone loves the movie, but it's making a ton of money. And then you have Thor Love and Thunder, which the new trailer dropped yesterday, our day of recording, and dropped during the NBA playoffs during halftime. Um, and that's going to be a ton of buzz when that one comes out soon so marvel is also a big thing that's coming back this summer
0: yeah marvel i mean i saw dr strange i was kind of eh, on the movie because like it's, that's what i heard i'm like it was fine like there are things they do with wanda's character you're not a big fan of for me the whole phase though i could see where you're coming from it's sort of like they there's like they have a plan they haven't told us yet because it's like a mix of like origin stories flashbacks continuations trying to jam stuff together like Nothing really like seems to flow smoothly. I know the pandemic has an issue with their scheduling, but still a mess.
1: Yeah, so this is the question I have for you, because you're a bigger Marvel guy than I am. Um, you have followed along. You've stayed up to date with everything. Does Marvel have a quality problem? Because what I have heard in just listening to podcasts and people talking is that people are enjoying the entertainment value of the movies, but they're starting to realize the movies aren't that aren't great anymore. They're not excellent films. They're just vessels for entertainment and popcorn, like – do you feel the same way do you feel like they're going down that path do they need something to lift them up back up to like high quality film as well as high
0: entertaining well i think for me of the five of like the six movies that come out so far i'd say that one was very good and was spider man no way home i would say shang chi is probably the second rain movie of the ones i've seen thus far wow you put that above multiverse of madness i didn't think shang chi was that that great i like shang chi a lot better than multiverse of madness
1: Wow. Okay. Well, that doesn't bode well for when I eventually see multiverse. Oh, that, was, um,
0: that, was num- that was number three
1: for me is multiverse. Okay. I just, I'm very curious to see where Marvel goes because I think I, I'm starting. There are people I know who are big Marvel fans who are now stopping because there's too much. The fracturing of there's too much to keep up with between Moon Knight, the new TV shows coming out, all the movies too. And it, it's happening. It, I, I feel a fracture within the Marvel Universe force. And I don't know if it's going to be able to be stitched back together. I'm curious as what the Feige will do.
0: Yeah, well, I think they have the right movie coming out next. I think Thor: Love and Thunder is going to be huge. Right. I
1: mean, this is this is the one where if I had stayed up to date on everything, I'd be rushing on theaters to see it because I loved Thor: Ragnarok. It's my favorite Marvel movie from that first phase. And why? T- uh, Tycho's back. You got um, Natalie Portman uh, back. Yeah, I got Natalie. I mean, to be fair, I don't. I didn't want her back. Why was she back? I didn't care. Thor: Dark World terrible. Didn't care for her in the first Thor either. Why is she back? That's a question. An Honest question. She hasn't been in a Marvel movie in almost, I mean, it oh, has to be like eight years. Yeah. Well, assuming you don't count the reused footage from Endgame. Yeah. Correct. So why yeah. do people honestly want her back? Or is it the fact that they're just bringing her character back? That's making people excited. Like I, I'm curious, was this a, an audience calling for her or is this them trying to
0: bring the audience back? I think it's probably the latter. I think I think they have a direction for the character here, I feel like, I feel bad for Natalie Portman, too. I feel like she's had a lot of these big franchise movies where she gets, like, the short end of the stick and turns to the script.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, listen, the, the Star Wars prequels. Listen,
0: she- episode, <laughs> episode three, they assassinate her character so badly.
1: Correct. Absolutely. So I, I'm curious. But again, I think the vibe for Thor Love and Thunder is going to be very, very good. I think it's going to get a ton of buzz, and I think it's going to be the best-reviewed movie of this new Marvel phase thus far, just because I have faith in and what, uh, uh, what he does. I'd say best of this year, at
0: least, because Spider-Man got insanely great reviews, so. All right, fair enough, fair enough. We will see. And I will say the other moral problem here is I think is like, I don't think the TV shows are landing as well, because I don't think they actually know how to write television. Like These things all sort of feel like they're just movies that are chopped up into episodes and don't really have a TV flow. Yeah, I I mean, people who watch Moon Knight,
1: they were, like, intrigued by the premise at the start, but then at the end, they kind of made it feel like homework. And that's that's the vibe I got with people talking at work. They're like, the first couple episodes, cool, this is something different. but then by the end, you're like, it's not keeping my attention, but I started so I might as well finish. That's the vibe I got talking with people at work.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's get down some of these movies here. Obviously, the one coming out closest to release here, Top Gun Maverick, the long-awaited sequel to the original Top Gun from the 80s here. supposed to come out, I think, 2020 for everything. And now it's finally coming out here. I've seen all the press buzz. The trailer looks great. How how are you feeling about this movie? Uh, Listen, I
1: love the first Top Gun. Me and Emma will just dance to Danger Zone in the kitchen. It's one thing that we do. I'm so excited for this movie. And I'm stoked the reviews are also astronomically positive. I have not seen a negative review on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes when I've gone and peaked. Every podcast I listen to has great buzz about this movie. Tom Cruise has poured his heart and soul into this and it seems to be worth it, which is absolutely crazy that a movie that's made three decades after the original still has the fanfare after this. This is such dad energy of the people in their mid forties and fifties going to see this movie are going to be absolutely stoked out of their minds. And it's going to make a ton of money, an absolute ton. It's going to be two back-to-back major summers for Cruise to see his top Gun Maverick and then his mission impossible uh, next summer. So Tom Cruise has taken over summer 2022 and 2023.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, this could have also been, I mean, it's supposed to be the summer of Keanu. But I think both of these movies got pushed back. So That's true. That's
1: true. I mean, John Wick chapter four, you'll see me in the opening weekend midnight premiere for that one if I can. But I'm very, very excited for Topwood Maverick. The cast seems stellar. I've heard John Hamm is remarkable uh, with this character in this movie. So I'm very, very excited for it. Um, I think this is, in terms of the, like, uh, the sequels coming out this summer i think this one has the best chance of being
0: the most well reviewed of the sequels coming out yeah i think for sure and it's i think it's a sort of our summer kickoff movie here i feel like to get the summer off to a flying start that's a great pun right there nice job i see what you did there (laughs) yep that's you you're in the game for a number of years you know how to make these puns yep yep all right next up here the very uh Trouble production of Jurassic world Dominion finally is coming out, and I mean, I don't know if you did you see the Netflix movie that was horrendous? It was basically a pun of like what happened with production for them? No, I didn't know what is this? I haven't heard this it's a there's a very crappy movie on Netflix called The Bubble, which basically spoofs all of the
1: oh, I had no desire to watch. it looked terrible from the trailer. It looked awful. That is- Pedro Pascal on it right? Um, yep yeah he, I've heard he, I had of- no desire to watch that
0: yeah it was ter- it was terrible basically the spoof of all the issues they had on production like when they had their bubble now it's finally coming out and i don't know i've seen footage of it i don't i can't tell the actual buzz behind this. people are intrigued by this or not i i have conflicting feelings it can't be worse than fallen kingdom right
1: it yeah. can't be fallen kingdom terrible it has laura dern and sam Neill back that's good yeah. Then with Jeff Goldblum brings back some goodwill in my mind, right? This is the original trio. This is what we all love. But it seems to be from the trailers that the main catalyst for the heroes getting back into the world is to go rescue the baby of Blue, the Velociraptor. Yeah. That's like the main instigating point to get them out of the woods and to go be among the dinosaurs again. Why? I, 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 this, is, this may be a me thing. I don't care about Blue. I don't care about his baby. Just like I don't, how I don't really care about the droids in Star Wars very much. I care about humans. Like So if their main callus to get out there into the world again and to get amongst the danger is to rescue a baby Velociraptor, I'm sorry, I'm not buying that. What is the big bad in this movie? What are they trying to stop? What are they trying to like, accomplish? That's what I'm most confused by because I don't understand what's the point of this movie in the long run besides saving this
0: baby dinosaur. Maybe you know and I don't, but I haven't picked up anything from the trailers with that. I have not, and correct me if you think this is a bad analogy here. I feel like what's gone on with this franchise of the last couple of movies has very much has Star Wars sequel tra- tra- sequel energy writ- written all over it in terms of like the first one came out with love. Everybody was excited about it. The second one kind of stunk. The third one's had a lot of issues of production, and now the storyline sounds like it's going to be terrible. Well, here's
1: the thing, though, is that The Last Jedi at least took chances to be different. The Fallen Kingdom tried to be the same thing and still failed. Yeah. So that's where this is I think different but I do agree with you. It's a great analogy that this third part of this, uh, of this sequel trilogy both of them are bringing back old cast members to try and reclaim some goodwill to get people back to go and watch it. Now hopefully uh, Dominion can do it better than The Rise of Skywalker but again I am skeptical. I like the Jurassic Park franchise as a whole even though I hate Fallen Kingdom. I'll stand by Jurassic World. I didn't think it was terrible. I had a great time in the theaters when I saw it but Dominion, I, I'm i going to be skeptical about this one until I see some positive things, but I, I'm i not
0: overly optimistic. Yeah, I mean, you see, you feel the way about Jurassic World, the way I feel about Force Awakens, where enough people retroactively go back and bash it and say, oh, you know, like, it was a bad movie. It set up everything that was going wrong. I'm like, you guys are lying to yourselves because when you were in that theater, you loved it. You had so much right. it, And now you're, it's like, you're just retroactively saying, oh, eight and nine were bad. So I'm going to hate seven too.
1: Right, that's one of the things. Just admit you had a good time. It's okay to admit you had a good time with the movie, which you can- admit like isn't the most original thing that's like avatar when avatar came out guess what i was thoroughly entertained by it when i saw it sure it's pocahontas with blue people but guess what you still had a great time when you saw it so I, I agree with you dominion has a ton of star power with it um but i mean we'll
0: see i will see yeah and it's other connected things are both movies i feel like jurassic world and this one and force awakens both set up like some great like plot points that weren't necessarily followed through yeah
1: but again it's at what point do you care about the story what point do you care about rescuing a franchise from oblivion? because right now star wars movies are dead in the water and they disney couldn't save that we're not gonna see another star wars movie for five years what's gonna happen to jurassic park after dominion nobody knows we'll see if this movie can at least resurrect and give it a life jacket so it could float a little bit wire longer
0: while star wars is drowning yeah absolutely let's go to the next one here and this is one that i got very down on after seeing the trailer in the theaters like I'm I'm out on Lightyear. I don't I think it's going to be a terrible movie. I don't think it's going to pull me at all because it, both is them trying to make Toy Story without making Toy Story 5. So, I just don't think it's going to work. I don't I don't, I'm not one who hates the Chris Pratt, uh, Chris Evans being the new voice of Buzz Lightyear, but we don't need this. I, I I agree with you, we don't need it.
1: Can we admit though Chris Evans being cast as young Buzz Lightyear is like almost too perfect? It's like it you look at Chris Evans, you look at Buzz Lightyear and it just makes sense. It does. So that makes sense. I agree with you. I'm not going to be rushing out to see this movie, but can we both agree this movie is going to make an absolute crap ton of money because it blends the, it blends the old toy story fans, the parents now who fell in love with the franchise and it is going to blend the kids who see a new animated action movie with a new hero. And they're going to be like, Ooh, what's that mommy and daddy. And they're both going to go to the movie theaters and see it and have a great time. So this is blending two different generations. So Disney is going to make a crap ton, whether or not this movie is critically well received or not. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna make a timeline to be very middle That's that sense I got from the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. But uh, this is a question I have overall for you, Mike. In terms of Disney, this is a, a way they're going. Is we saw them remake live action of animated movies, right, with the Lion King, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, all this. But we've seen now a rise of telling individual stories with characters from the original tales, like Cruella. It started with Maleficent as well, with Angelina Jolie, and now we have Lightyear. Is this the new trend that Disney's gonna do? just bringing back characters from movies that we love and telling original stories, but
0: with, a, with IP that's already out there. I feel like this is a new way Disney's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't heard about a live action like anim- adaptation from all the classic films coming for a while. So I feel like this right. starts in a different direction.
1: Well, like, so then what character is next? What character do you think is going to get the next uh, origin tale? Uh, that's going to give them some different perspective for the audience. You're
0: going to get some sort of Lion King like material because that movie made a billion
1: dollars. That's true. I would let this and This is my thing. If we're going go to go the Corello out and highlight a villain and give them like a backstory, if you will, as to how they became evil. Give me Jafar from Aladdin. Yeah. Jafar is crazy. Jafar is evil. I want to know how the hell he got that evil. That's one that I'm interested in if they want to take that direction.
0: You know, I think Aladdin also is underrated. I feel like of the three that came out the year, I feel like that's the, that was the best one. People that, don't agree me on that.
1: Yeah. People were just really miffed about the Will Smith genie thing. And I think they took that too far. I remember that movie being very, very colorful. I remember Jasmine being really good, uh, but I remember the actor who played Aladdin I did not enjoy at all. Yeah, he was kind of meh. I don't remember his name, and I should, but I, he, I remember him being very disappointing. I think it was Man Masood, I believe. Okay, well, again, he, he would need to step up his game, but I thought Jafar was good in that movie as well. So tell an origin story of Jafar
0: if they're going to continue with this uh, character's origin story thing. I think for me, this is one where I'm looking at it saying, okay, like, Disney Plus it is whenever it comes out there. I'm not going to go spend my money Uh, here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Next up here, our musical movie of the summer here, the Elvis biopic. I I have a confession.
1: I hate that I'm buying into this a little bit. I hate it. The trailers that Baz Luhrmann's putting out for this movie are intoxicating. He, He has a style that he knows how to manipulate incredibly well. And I hate that I'm getting kind of sort of excited for this maybe i'm excited because it might be
0: a beautiful disaster but
1: i'm kind of sort of excited for elvis
0: yeah i mean he, there are a lot of those like flashy vibes that you have like, in gatsby that's coming through this movie
1: right but elvis is a character in real life who fit that glamour that glitter that snazziness that baz lerman loves elvis lived that in real life so it's actually a perfect match for a character and a director And so I think it's all going to come down to Austin Butler and whether or not he can actually nail the role of Elvis. It's going to come down to him. And from the trailers, he seems to have the voice down. He seems to have the mannerisms down. It's just whether or not the story around it and if he can tell the parts off the stage as well as he seems to be able to tell them on the stage.
0: Yeah. This one I'm intrigued by. I'm not sure I'm going to see it in theaters yet, but it is a consideration. Also. Let's just put this
1: right now. Dark Horse, Tom Hanks, Academy Award nominee performance for this. His, he's has a body transformation. He gets fat. He's 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 got like a cane. He's acting older. He's also the side piece character. Like this has a, a praise for Tom Hanks as, as the background character written all over. I'm just saying it right now.
0: You're calling the shot. Best Supporting Actor nominee for Tom Hanks. I'm
1: just calling the shot that it's gonna, he's going to be in the discussion. That's all I'm
0: going to say. All right. Minions: The Rise of Gru. We kind of went over earlier here. Like, this is another one that's going to make a shit a ton of money, and no one's and it's going to be very, very bad, mediocre to bad.
1: Yes, I I would agree. Don't care about this movie at all. Happy for if you like it, but I will not be spending my money to see it. Yeah, I know. I know people who are going to going to see this thing. It's I insane. will not <laughs> love them.
0: No, if you have a family, it's probably great. I'm happy for you. Wonderful. Good time. But that's yeah. not for me. All right. Next one here: the big Marvel we talked about before, Thor: Love and Thunder. Here you have two trailers in now this just this Grammy me right away and i i know i haven't predisposed tomorrow but like the the aerosmith soundtrack to the first trailer was great the sort of vibe it's giving off is a lot of fun here and i do think interesting to see like this is our first like real like main original six avenger who's getting a follow-up after i mean hawkeye's show kind of counts but i don't really put it in here in terms of big movie obviously this is it
1: Yeah, this is the movie that I think is going to dictate Marvel's future. If this is a success, then they'll continue on the path to run. If this one does not get the critical praise that it wants, then I think Feige and Marvel are going to have to rethink what they're going to do in the upcoming years because there's a lot behind this movie. It has Natalie Portman coming back, like we mentioned. You have now Christian Bale playing the bad guy. and He's an Oscar-winning actress playing the bad guy in a major multi-million dollar, possible billion dollar movie. You got a lot riding on this. And the new trailer dropped during the NBA playoffs, and it looked pretty good. A lot of different color palettes. I mean, they're just doing splatter paint with the black and white sometimes and then the colorful rainbows. Tons of chances being taken with this movie. But I, I think this movie has a chance to solve a problem that a lot of Marvel movies have recently, post-Thanos, is the bad guy problem. Yes, Christian Bale is good enough where he can make even a mediocre bad guy character into something great with his ability on screen. I that's what I'm hoping for Marvel fans that that can bring that back because post Thanos, they haven't done bad guys very well. Um and so they need something to bring it back. And Gore the God, I don't know much about him from the comics. In fact I know nothing, but Christian Bale's playing him so I think he's got a shot to elevate it.
0: Yeah, they think it's the second Marvel movie of the year. I think the third one coming out here later, I think in November is the Black Panther sequel without Chadwick Boseman, so this is gonna be a challenge for them. Regardless, I know it's gonna make some money, but I think this is you're right. It's the one that's really gonna make or break them for the next, the next couple of years.
1: Yeah, this is another hot take by me. Don't care about that Black Marvel movie, Black Panther movie at all. Didn't enjoy the first one that much, and without Chadwick Boseman, sorry, second one it doesn't have nearly the legs to carry my attention.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the last one I saw in the tra- I saw the trailer for this finally in the movie in the, for Doctor Strange, and this looks fun. I think it's gonna be one of those where you just like just throwing the popcorn back and laughing at like some of the absurdity seeing it. Here's bullet Train.
1: injected into my veins, Mike Phillips injected into my veins. Oh, this movie looks like a blast. This looks like John wick, but more colorful and more comedic. You got Brad Pitt. Who's just on a roll in terms of fun movies. He was in the lost city with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock playing a fun part. And now he's in bullet train. Uh, this movie just looks fun as hell. I love a confined environment. I love assassins. I love violence. Uh, this movie has everything that I could possibly ask for. So I will be going to see this and I'm incredibly excited.
0: Yeah, this one got me. I was my hype level went up for this when I saw the trick. I'm like, this looks like just so much fun. And like that's you need summer movies a lot of times. Just like just go have fun.
1: Yeah, this is a movie where you're gonna have fun and you don't need to think about connective strings coming to something. You don't need to think about how this affects different movies in a different universe. This is gonna be a two-hour action-packed toss your popcorn up when you get excited, type of movie, and I'm very, very excited for it. Also, very excited for Zazie Beetz, who I loved in The in the Harder They Fall. I'm very excited for her to be back in the movie. I think I'm going to be hopping on her train and just riding her coattails for a career. Um, her and Samara Weaving
0: are my two are my two big horses right now. So uh, very excited for this movie. Very, very excited. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun this movie too. I think in terms of like what else on the slate got your attention? I think there wasn't much there anything else that we did not cover yet. You're intrigued by this summer. I got three movies. One of them I'll bring to you first because I think you might have some interest in this one because it involves the Russo brothers, The
1: Gray Man. Uh, Action movie on Netflix, humongous budget. Um, This is basically, we had Red Notice, right? An objective failure as a movie. Terrible. Big budget action movie with major stars. This, I think, is going to be a more upscale version of that, I hope. Uh, We have Ana de Armas, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Very beautiful people going to be doing crazy action things and being charismatic on in front of the camera, probably being hokey and cheesy. But I do have faith that the Russo brothers can put something forward that's going to be like extraction. If you remember with Chris Hemsworth, I think it was 2019, where you watch that action movie and you were just enthralled by it. I hope it's something like that. Um, And from what I've read, they're going to try and make this a franchise uh like they're trying to make red notice a franchise so i'm just hoping this one's a leg up so that's the first one i'm very excited
0: about i don't know if you've heard anything about the great man i have heard a little bit and it does i did like put it on my like maybe list so far yep and then the other two i got
1: are horror movies i'll go through them quick nope jordan peele's new horror movie anything that he signs on for uh, i'm gonna watch it i even watched uh, the new Candyman, which he executive produced and i liked it a lot i really really liked it so jordan peele uh has universal approval rating for me right now, so I'm gonna go check out Nope. And then the Black Phone, a uh, new horror movie with Ethan Hawke. This movie just looks bonkers. Uh, the commercials being played every single commercial break during the NBA playoffs, and my girlfriend hates it, but I love it. So I'm very excited for what this movie is gonna bring. So I got two horror movies and then an action movie in The Great Man.
0: Yeah, I know you're big on the horror stuff. I remember, remember last summer we got the uh, what was the trilogy on uh, Netflix? The uh... Fear Street.
1: Yeah, I love Fear Street.
0: Yeah, so like getting your good horror fix in the summer is underrated. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with you. Give, give me a summer horror flick. Give me something 4th of July weekend again to get me excited.
0: Yeah, and that was basically when the first one came out last year. I think it was right 4th of July weekend.
1: Right. I was sitting here a long weekend going, what am I going to watch? And then bada bing bada boom. Found three great movies.
0: Yeah, it was fan- definitely fantastic here and definitely a lot of fun. I will say it was also interesting. I know we mentioned this earlier, but we finally saw a trailer for Avatar 2 13 years later. So We did. We did. Um, it's interesting. There's a ton of blue. I mean, that was my biggest takeaway.
1: Everything is a shade of blue between uh, the Navi and the ocean. Uh, it looks beautiful. We'll see what the story brings. Uh, we'll see what the acting brings. But I, we finally saw footage, so it does exist. It does exist. It's not a figure in our imagination. No, it does And we'll see how many we get. I mean, I think Cameron wanted to do five. But yeah. my biggest thing with the Avatar is that this is the first time James Cameron is directing and writing a direct sequel to a movie he made. The sec the this is the second time the first time he did it was Terminator two, yeah. Terminator two was incredible. So if he's that passionate about the Avatar franchise as he was Terminator two,
0: I, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I I'm intrigued. Yeah, for, from what I've read somewhere, I believe I think the issue with all the delays are there's a lot of like underwater footage that be shot for this movie. Apparently, there's a lot of about the academy train to like breathe underwater for a long period of time and like technology to catch up so i feel like there's been a lot a big water element to this movie you know that's I mean? the thing that the yeah the technology i've heard is the biggest delay is that basically he was like listen you guys got to
1: catch up to what i want to do yeah uh and he seems to finally have gotten there so <laughs> um we'll see what happens but that comes out december around christmas time and we'll see if it goes up against its predecessor or end game in terms of getting the top box office of all
0: time but we'll see yeah, well, I'm sure there'll probably be a re-release of the original Avatar in theaters again soon to remind people like what what was going on there. Uh, you know what, that'd be a
1: good call because I would need to watch a YouTube video to recap myself. Uh, all I all I remember is the vague
0: ending, uh, and then stuff like that. Yeah, I think the end of this year like there's more packed than the summer for some reason, which is surprising to me. Yeah, there's a lot more blockbusters in in November,
1: December, but um, I I think this. I I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'm we'll see. I'd still think that summer movies. There's gonna be movies that generate buzz that people don't aren't necessarily expecting that'll rise up. And but I think it's gonna be a heavy Marvel summer. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. There's
0: no DC movie this summer, so there's no competition in terms of the comic world. Yeah, there's not. I think the next DC movie on the calendar is Shazam. See, the Shazam sequel at the end of the year. They move back Aquaman and the Flash.
1: Yeah. So again, Marvel's got free reign. If they're able to get the eyeballs and generate the quality that people are expecting now, then they'll be able to dominate the summer.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at the end of the year. I mean, I, 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 did, I forgot apparently, do you know that the, uh, Creed three is coming out this year? I did know that Creed three is coming out this year. Um, we'll see
1: how that goes. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I love Creed one and two, but I have not heard much about Creed three, but I did know it was coming out later this year.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: most excited for the soundtrack for that movie. The soundtracks for the first two are what I remember most.
0: Yeah, and looking here, I mean, Avatar is December sixteenth. Then the I think the Friday, Friday for Christmas is that the Shazam movie, and I think there's a Puss in Boots sequel coming, apparently. Antonio Banderas still getting that paycheck, I guess. Yeah, he's getting paychecks. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so I forgot there was a there's a, a WB movie, there's a DC movie in October as well. Black Adam is in October. Oh, you know what? That's going to,
1: that's the rock. You got yeah. the rock and black Adam in a movie that's been talked about for five years. It seems finally coming out, I guess. I mean, we'll see. That's the fall. So it's not the summer. That's the fall, but I guess DC does have something up their sleeve with that.
0: Yeah, they do. And
1: what else have you been checking out lately? What has caught your interest? Um, so recent movies are stuff that I watched. That I liked, um, I've been on kind of a horror movie kick. I watched the new candy I really enjoyed. I watched uh, the taking of Deborah Morgan, which is a movie that came back out in 2014. But for some reason it was under voodoo's most viewed rentals and it was getting a lot of praise recently. So I watched it. It was very good. Um, I watched hail Caesar recently, which is a Coen brothers movie. Hadn't seen it yet. It was very good. And this is a movie that not a lot of people liked, but I watched all the old knives on Amazon prime. Yeah. Uh, new one that came out this year, uh, political thriller. I really enjoyed it. Reviews weren't that positive, but I had a great time. Um, so those were the four I liked recently. But I, I'm listen. I'm here, Mike. I'm going to give you some movies that absolutely stunk too. Yeah. I really recently watched Unbroken, uh, the Angelina Jolie directed movie. Uh, I believe that came out in 2014. Just a pile of trash. Um, it was on the National Board of Review's top 10 movies for that year. Don't understand how it was god awful. Uh, I watched Fast Nine. I don't know if you saw Fast 9. I did not. Um, utter, utter garbage. Like, bottom of the barrel, put oil on it, and put gasoline on it, light it on fire, roll it down a hill, and let it burn up the entire It was terrible. It was awful. Uh, terrible. Uh, and then I recently watched Firestarter, which came out on Peacock, starring Zac Efron, the Steph, uh, Stephen King movie. And again, a steaming pile of trash. Yeah. So, those are the last three terrible movies I've seen. I can't wait to write my review for for Firestarter because I'm just going to rip it to shreds.
0: Yeah, I'm playing to now that it's on stream That I watched the Sonic sequel. Apparently, I've heard some good things about that. What's, what service is that on? I don't know. I don't know. Paramount Plus. Ooh, I'll be checking that out. I like the first Sonic. I did. Yeah, it, it's actually on day of recording, it dropped on Paramount Plus. So, really? Yes, today's the day.
1: Interesting. Okay, good to know.
0: Yes, I'm going to watch that soon. And in terms of HBO stuff, I will, get, I will again, I'm saying this on the podcast before. Winning Time is probably my favorite show of the year thus far.
1: People have loved it. I still haven't watched it yet, but people have, have absolutely loved it. Have you heard of The Staircase on HBO Max? Have you I checked watching, that out yet? I, I am watching it. My girlfriend loves it. She's, she's four episodes in, I think, or three, however many episodes there are. Yeah. Um, and she's like, I'm going to finish it. And you have to watch it after me so we can talk about it. So I think that might be the next series that's on my list after I finish some movies.
0: Yeah. That, that show is very good. The acting is very good. I mean, are you sure you've heard about the actual case it's based on, right? Right,
1: exactly. So I've heard the rough case, but I don't know a lot about
0: it. I just know it exists. Um, and
1: my girlfriend saw Colin Firth, and she thought it was a movie, but it turns out to be a series. So yeah. she said great things though, So I'm excited to watch that.
0: Yeah, I mean the people like in this case are like cuckoo bananas. So like it's obviously a, a lot of fun story playing through here, and I do like the fact. I mean, they have Tony Collette in the show playing Kathleen Peterson, who actually oh, I is- love Tony Collette. Yeah, and they do a good job in the in the show. I'm not just using her as a victim. They actually do flashbacks to like their life prior to the murder. Or, or that's a, like they do utilize her it's not just a corpse they actually have for be a, a living breeding character is different than a lot of these other netflix projects like uh staircase related projects thus far gotcha okay
1: well yeah i definitely plan on checking it out because i've heard great things about that so that's the one on hbo max indeed to add to my queue
0: yeah there's a big cast in that, in that show i mean sophie turner is in it as one of the daughters uh i forget who else is there. i think patrick schwarzenegger is one of the sons there's a but lot Here's the thing hbo just books out
1: good shows like we uh they have that new show that's based off the wire the baltimore cops yeah um stars the guy stars john bernthal but the, that one's supposed to be getting great reviews as well is it not we own the night or something like that no that's that's a mark Walward movie or joaquin phoenix movie but it's like a it's basically in the same spirit of the wire and everyone's
0: raving about that series as well yeah i will, I will die on the hill of winning time now that's my number one pick of the year thus thus far in terms of shows all right. Well, it's in my queue. I just got to eventually watch. I just haven't. I just haven't watched it yet. If you're a big Adam McKay guy, this is very, very, very much like Adam
1: McKay energy. We Own This City is the TV show I'm talking about. Not We Own The Night. We Own This City. And Adam McKay needs to get back on my good side. Let's be honest, because... Um, After he, Don't cause... Look Up. Yes, correct. <laughs> and wasn't he involved with the bubble? Uh, no, that was uh, Judd Apatow. Oh, well, then he needs to get back on my good side as well. Uh, I confused
0: the two of them. So, uh, but yeah. I mean, we'll see. Absolutely, John. Thanks all the time. Really appreciate it. Before I let you go, i could be on social media. Keep up what you're doing over at uh, Stanko's Stance. Uh, you could follow me at Twitter or any social media platform at jstanko99, or I do a bunch of my writing at stankosstance.com. Absolutely. And for people who are fans of John Stanko, we might be seeing him on some of the Sky Guys stuff coming up soon. We, we, scheduling still be settled here, but there is a possibility. I think
1: that I think we're at, we're going to make it happen. We're both very excited
0: for Kenobi. Uh, the trailers have really hyped it up.
1: Um, you are a Star Wars nut; you know all the backstory and the lore. And I'm a fan, so we're going to come at it from two two different perspectives, I think. But I think we're both ready to be pleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we do have we did do our character draft on the preview podcast this week. And I will spoil one of my picks here for those who have not listened to that yet. One here, I took uh, Ahsoka to show up in the show
1: with that i could agree with that i think that's a fair prediction
0: because i think her relationship with kenobi from the clone wars is also underrated
1: yes it is yes it is but they would not have her show up with an episode with darth vader because they have a big face-off they would not spoil what happened in rebels
0: with uh putting
1: anything in kenobi
0: no my theory with that is is that like when he goes to whatever planet he's on the second planet where they have all the casinos and stuff like i think he's gonna run into her there that will be my hunch
1: all right. I can, I could appreciate that. guess. I like that. So you take, you take the shot that, uh, that Ahsoka is going to be in Kenobi and I take the shot that Tom Hanks might be nominated for best supporting actor that with, El- with, uh, with Elvis.
0: Yeah. Well, no, if I'm right last year than if
1: you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't, you know, I got to wait until next February. Absolutely. John, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike.